May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala convert his sayyat into hasanat. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enlighten his grave. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give him a place in Jannah for those al-a'la. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, give the family sabr al-jameen. Ameen rabbil alameen. If you see Brother Abdullah Shigo, he's probably here. Um, but if you see him, please do offer your condolences. Jazakumullah khair. Uh, if I can ask everyone to please, like we did in Ramadan a few times, if we can ask everyone to please stand up, fill out the spaces so that we can accommodate others. Jazakumullah khair. And then take a seat, inshallah. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره 
ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشد والله إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد وفي القرآن الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الناس تقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا وقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما صدق الله العظيم فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير هدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أما بعد I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that just as he has gathered us here today on this day of Jum'ah may Allah gather us with our families in gentle firdaus al-a'la in the companionship of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his sahaba ridwanullah ta'ala alayhim ajma'een ameen ya rabbil alameen and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take us from this dunya in a, in a state that he is most pleased with us and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our last a'mal our best a'mal ameen rabbil alameen Ramadan came to an end and subhanallah we see that the masajid and the quantity of people coming to the masajid have gone back to its original amount I remember subhanAllah in Ramadan, before Salat al-Isha, you had to come before Salat al-Isha 45 minutes before so that you can get a place inside the parking lot. For Salat al-Jum'ah, you had to come for half an hour, 45 minutes. And in 15 minutes before Salat al-Jum'ah would start, not only would this hall be full, the back rooms would be full, the multi-purpose hall would be full, and people are sitting at the gym. But subhanAllah, five minutes before the Jummah is, is about to start, and people are just now are starting to fill, fill up the hall and fill the back two rooms. And you ask yourself that where did the spirit of Ramadan go? Why are we back here in this state? And of course, there's so many answers that can be given, but there is one thing that cannot be overlooked. And that is the fact that we all have a common enemy. We all have something that we have to protect ourselves from. And that, is, that entity and that thing is called shaitan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He reminds us in the Qur'an several times about who shaitan is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an that shaitan is your enemy. Brothers and sisters, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also taught us through his own seerah that when it comes to a person who's against your own interest, you have to do everything in your capacity to protect ourselves from that entity. When it came to the Quraysh, and the Quraysh were always trying to find ways to hurt Rasulullah to plot and plan against Rasulullah Rasulullah was always very vigilant about his surroundings. He was always careful that these people, the Quraysh, are always, you know, they're, they're plotting and planning and creating agendas against the Muslims and so forth. Rasulullah was always very vigilant. He was always keeping an eye on what's around. Even ourselves, if I know that there is an, there is, there is an enemy that is lurking around the corner. When we found out a few weeks ago that there was a person, there was a shooting taking place right here on 14th Street. 
And the police officers are saying that everything, everything in that vicinity is closed off. Why? Because there's a person who has a weapon in their hand. And if you get close to that person, you can hurt yourself. In essence, if you think about all this, it's about how can we protect ourselves. Shaitan is an enemy. He has been an enemy for us from day one. And we still have not taken this very seriously. We have not taken active steps on our own end to ensure that we can protect ourselves from shaitan. Today in the short khutbah, inshallah, I want to talk about the what are some of the things that we learn from the Quran that are considered as steps and plans and plots of shaitan and how can he deceive the human being. First of all, we find, and today inshallah, I'll be taking some ayat, some verses of the Quran from Surah Al-A'raf. Allah subhanahu he talks about shaitan and he talks about this encounter between shaitan and Adam and how he lured Adam and his wife in eating from the tree. First of all is that in this passage Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when Iblis, when shaitan, he disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he removed him from Jannah and he removed him from his rahmah and from his mercy. And he says, that you are, have been given a time till the day of judgment. And that is when shaitan, he says, First of all is that, think about this. He says, Shaitan actually feels that the human being, the human race, and our father Adam was the cause of him being dismissed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. And hence, as a result of getting back at Adam to take revenge from Adam Shaitan has made it his goal, his primary goal, that not only will I deceive the person, but I'm going to deceive all of his children. And hence, when Shaitan comes to us and he deceives us, it's not only that he's getting at us, but he's getting in, in his own mind, he's getting revenge with Adam because he feels that Adam was the, was the reason why he was dismissed from Allah's mercy. And then he says, I will sit in those paths just like when you see a lion. When a lion or a cheetah or a tiger is about to hunt its prey, it sits there, it waits and it waits, and it waits for the prime opportunity. And as soon as that deer comes close, it pounces on that deer. But for a long time, it just sits there. It waits for its opportunity. Likewise, shaitan is telling us that I'm going to wait and I'm going to sit there. And as soon as I find that opportunity that I can go and attack the human being, I can attack the children of Adam I will attack. And hence, this has been his motto from day one. And this will continue to go on. And in the next ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that what does shaitan say? I will attack him from all four directions. Meaning that there is no place where you and I, we can feel absolutely secured that shaitan will not attack us. And hence, the very first thing that we have to understand when it comes to the, the tricks of shaitan is, brothers and sisters, he knows our weaknesses. You and I, we think that no one knows us. We say that our parents don't know us. My sister does not know us. My brother does not know me. The community members don't know me. If there's one person, of course, Allah subhanahu wa 
Allah is the one who created us. And of course He knows us, He knows our temperaments, He knows our mizaj and so forth. But if there is another entity that knows our weaknesses, it is shaitan. For each one of us, we have a different weakness. For some of us, our weakness is, is fame. For some of us, <clears throat> our weakness is temptations and desires. For some of us, our weakness is money. For some of us, it could be different things. But shaitan knows how to come to that human being. And think about this, when he came to Adam salam. When he came to Adam salam, what did he promise Adam salam? See, even he at that time, he came and he tried to lure through the weaknesses of Adam salam. The Quran tells us, فَوَسْوَسَ لَهُمَ الشَّيْطَانِ لِيُبْدِيَ لَهُمَا مَا وُرِيَ عَنْهُمَا مِنْ سَوْآتِهِمَا وَقَالَ And then he says, what did he say to Adam salam? أَلَمْ أَنْحَكُمَا عَنْ تِلْكُمَ الشَّجَرَةِ you know how many times shaitan comes to him and says, why do you think Allah does not want you to commit this haram? Allah does not want you to do this. Allah does not want you to do that. You know how many times our youth, they say that Islam is too strict. Islam is too strict. I want freedom. What we don't realize is that whatever Allah has made haram, it is for our own benefit. And yet today we actually feel like we are left out of that haram. We feel like that people who are doing all the haram, they are enjoying life. Whereas we don't realize that those things that Allah has made haram, they are bad and they are harmful for us. And hence today you find that so many of our youth, they are so obsessed. I'm not saying it's haram, but you just look at the, the mind frame of ourselves. And we see that today many of our youth, they want to go and they have these, you know, these drinks that, you know, it looks like a beer bottle and it says it's a non-alcoholic drink. And we feel like, I gotta drink this. I wanna feel like I'm drinking something. So hence, let me go and take this. And yes, it's a non-alcoholic drink and it's fine. But you know what that tells you? It tells you that we feel like we're being left out. We feel like that there's haram going on and I'm being left out of the party. I'm being left out of the fun. And shaitan comes to us and he tells us, man, you know, Allah does not want you to do this and Allah is taking away the fun out of your life. Allah is trying to keep something away from you. When shaitan came to our father, Adam salam, what did he say to him? He says, Alam shajara. Your Lord did not forbid you from this tree, except for what? Illa Perhaps Allah does not want you to become amongst the angels. Or you could become immortal. And you could be living here for the rest of your life. And here shaitan, he sees that if Adam has been created by Allah and he's in Jannah. If there's one thing that's perhaps on the minds of, of Adam as our ulama have stated, is that perhaps I want to stay, stay here in this eternal bliss forever. Shaitan is coming with that. Whatever is in the mind of Adam perhaps at that time, shaitan is bringing that exactly to Adam and he's luring him through that. Brothers and sisters, we all have weaknesses. Forget about others. We, I know myself. We all know ourselves deep down inside who I am. We know about our insecurities. We know about our flaws and our weaknesses. Shaitan will come through that. And this is why Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi rahmatullahi alayhi, he has written a very beautiful book called Talbis Iblis. Where he, in this book he actually writes, that how does shaitan come to every single person? Every single weakness that a person has and how shaitan uses that weakness as a strength for himself, this is mentioned in this book. But the reality is that number one is shaitan knows our weaknesses. The second thing that shaitan does is 
that when he is trying to lure us, he does not do it overnight. He does it slowly and gradually. Slowly and gradually. Imagine you want to lure an animal into a cage, or you want to lure an animal into a trap. What do you do? You put bait. Just like today when we go, when we go fishing, what do we do when it comes to fishing? We put bait and we throw that fishing rod into the water and we see it and we just move around and that boat moves and with that boat, that fish is moving because other fish, they know that if this is a dead fish, there's no interest in this for me. If it's a live fish, I need to go after this live fish. So the boat is moving, that fishing rod is moving and that bait is moving and that lures other animals. But what that does is that you're bringing that animal slowly and gradually. And hence, in that same surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَدَلَّهُمَا بِغُرُورٍ What does the word دَلَّهُمَا mean here? It means, it comes from the word دَلْوُن. دَلْوُن means a bucket. You know, just like when you put a bucket into the well and you take out the water, that's also دَلْوُن. Of course, you're bringing the water out. But that also means that just like that process is slow, likewise, when you're trying to lure your prey, you put, a, you put the prey, you put the bait at the end and you're pulling that rope and you're bringing that rope and as that, per, as that animal's looking and it comes closer and closer and you're not being too fast, you're just, you're very steady in pulling that bait to yourself. Likewise, this is how shaitan, he deceives us. He will come to us on day one and he will try to, he will try to plant a seed in our mind and then he comes the next day and he will water that seed and then the next day he comes and he looks after that seed and he puts one what says in our mind and he puts thoughts in our mind that the point comes eventually that then we fall into that haram never do we ever see that I just go and I commit the haram the next day no it's first an idea it's a thought what if someone catches me shaitan says no one's gonna catch you don't worry you gotta do this and you gotta do that and no one's gonna catch you no one's gonna know that you committed this fraud and so forth so this is the trick of shaitan is that when he lures us when he lures the human being, he does it very slowly and gradually and very methodically. He's very smart in his approach. Another trick of shaitan that we have to always be very careful of is that we never belittle any good that we are doing. Rasulullah he told us in a hadith, you know, usually, once again, I've said this before, when we read the hadith of the Prophet do not try to take it very literally. Try to understand it in a bigger scope. When the Prophet says, La min that do not take any good deed, do not belittle any good deed. Why? Because that good deed can lead to something that is great. See, when you do something that is small, what happens is that shaitan comes to us and says, I mean, what, what good does it do if you go and you put a dollar into the sadqa box? People are coming putting 10, people are coming putting 20, some people are giving $10,000, and you're gonna come and give a dollar? You're a total loser. So what happens is that shaitan makes us feel as if even the good that we are doing, the small good that we are doing, he makes us seem so insignificant that a person says, yeah, you know what? There's no point of even giving a dollar. If I give, inshallah, the day comes, Allah makes me a millionaire, inshallah, I'll give $10,000 that day. But that day may come, it may not even come. What we have to understand is, any khair, any door of khair that is open for us, we take that. Even if it's putting 50 cents into, into the sadqa box, even if it comes down to giving 25 cents into the sadqa box, remember the hadith or the story in the, in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, where a man came, he only came with few dates. Here the Prophet ﷺ is getting ready for a battle. He's getting ready for an expedition. He's gathering all the, all the stuff and all the luggage of everyone. <coughs> and you have a poor Sahabi radiallahu anhum. 
he comes with only a handful of dates. And the munafiqeen are sitting over there and they're laughing at him. Now what is these dates going to do? Rasulullah he showed us, do not belittle any good deed. He said to the Sahaba, take these dates and spread them over every, all of our belongings because there is barakah in these dates. Do not belittle any good. Do not ever feel that whatever good I'm doing is not good to compare to, uh, compare to the good that other people are doing. Brothers and sisters, each one of us are in a different position. Allah has given us, given us different capacities and different ambitions and different feelings and so forth. Whatever good that you can do, you do it for Allah's sake. We don't do it because I have to show someone else. So if I'm doing something that is good, do not let shaitan ever make you feel that what good you're doing is insignificant. Another trick of shaitan is, which is very similar, but is the opposite, is that even the good that you're doing, you feel like that, okay, you know what, I'm not praying salat. I might be missing two, three salats a day. But I have a friend of mine who drinks. Well, I'm much better than him. When it comes to our responsibility, shaitan will come and say, because this is something that we find in the Quran, Allah says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, that whatever good that we're doing at times, but it's not to the standard that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects from us, and we feel like that, you know what, I'm doing much better than another person. Once again, we don't compare ourselves to that person when it comes to our responsibilities to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah has laid out our responsibilities A, B, C, D These are the things that we have to do When it comes to these kind of things We don't see if another person is doing A or B or C or D No, if Allah is telling us to do A through D We do A through D and we don't compare ourselves to others What shaitan does in those kind of situations is He makes us feel that I'm still much better than other people I'm praying at least one salat a day That person isn't even praying salat at all In that situation this is when we have to stay away from shaitan and we have to come and fulfill our commitments. The last thing that I will say, because once again, there's so many things that we can mention here. But what is another trick of shaitan is that any sins that we are doing, make sure we don't belittle that. See, it always starts off with a small sin. It always starts off with something small, but it grows. When you look at a, a seed, that seed becomes a tree eventually one day. Likewise, that one small sin can become a greater sin someday. When it comes to a person missing Salat, they don't miss Salat overnight. It starts off small things. A person will start missing a Qiyamul Layl. He start missing a Salat Taraweeh. Person says, you know, it's sunnah. I don't have to do it. You know, if I if I'm if I'm the if I have that energy, inshallah, I will come. If I don't, I'll just stay, I'll stay. I'll stay at home. It's only a sunnah at the end of the day. This is our mentality, right? And then a person says, you know what? From there, it goes to the next step. Let me start missing all my other prayers. Any other nawafil of the day, let me start missing all those. And then that goes to the sunnahs. And that comes eventually to the, the wajibat. And that comes eventually to the fara'if. Shaitan, his goal is for us to miss our fara'if. But what shaitan does not, what we don't realize is that shaitan makes us miss our other voluntary prayers that leads to his goal and we're not, we're not catching on his plan. So what we have to do is that when we're doing something that is wrong, we stop that immediately. Do not ever feel that it's a small thing. This is why Aisha radiallahu anha, she says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said to me, قَالَ لِي رَسُولَ اللَّهُ sallam, That beware of those small sins 
that people commit because those small sins can eventually grow into something that is great. Shaitan comes and he puts a whisper. It's nothing, but it grows after that. This is why Ibn Abbas he says that how do you think the people of Nuh were deceived? He says that there were people, there were elders and you know, revered figures in, the, in that community, in the community of Nuh that people looked up to and they had a great deal of respect for and they passed away. And Shaitan came to them and said that what kind of people are are you that these kind of people who passed away they're revered you showed them love you showed them respect when they were alive now that they have passed away you're gonna forget about them no there's a has to be a way that you remember them and shaitan put in their mind that let's create statues of these kind of people so you can remember these kind of people and slowly and gradually shaitan got to the point that he made them start worshiping these idols so this is how shaitan works so when we are committing a sin do not ever feel that it's only a sin it's only one small sin. But no, that sin can turn into something that is bigger. So that's why when it comes to any kind of sin, we always, we always stay away. When you think about a fire, when you want to create a big fire, if I create, if I just get one small twig from a tree and I put it over there and I want to light a big fire, it's not going to happen. But when you get twig after twig after twig after twig, it can grow into something that is great. Small sin after small sin after small sin after small sin can create something that is great that is big a big sin and then we're not able to overcome it so that's why when it comes to our small sins we have to be very careful so these are just few things inshallah now the next thing inshallah i'm going to mention in the next part of my khutbah is what are some of the things that we can do to protect ourselves from the shaitan i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from shaitan and his plots and his plans may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and our children and may allah protect us especially at the time of our death from falling into the traps of shaitan amir rabbil alameen barakallahu lana wa lakum عنا وإياكم التي وذك الحكيم أستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد one of the things that we have to keep in mind when it comes to shaitan is that we have to stop blaming others and we have to blame ourselves. One of the, the very first thing that shaitan did when he was accursed and he was, he was kicked or he was removed from the rahmah and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was that he never looked at the wrong that he did. Rather, he put the blame on Adam alayhi salam. It's because of Adam that I'm here in this kind of situation. And hence, we learn from this is that we cannot blame others for our sins. If I commit a sin, and yes, others may have inspired us, others may have tempted us, and others, others and our friends and so forth may have pushed us into that situation. But at the end of the day, on the day of judgment, they also will bear the brunt of that sin that we are committing but we also will bear the brunt of that sin Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not say that you committed this sin because of that person and hence only that person will take the blame for it but no we will also take the blame for it and we will have to pay a price for that sin that we are committing so that's why the very first thing that we have to do is we have to stop blaming others and especially when it comes to the Muslim world the Muslim world it does not matter who we are this is something very common within the Muslim world and the Muslim um, human 
you know, the whole, the whole, all the Muslims across the world is that we like to blame others for the wrong that is happening to us. It's because of them, it's because of them. No, we usually are the ones where it starts from. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says that, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ You want to change the situation? You got to start with yourself. Allah did not say that if you want to change the situation, you got to start with a country or you got to start with a, a group of people. No, Allah says, if you want to bring change, you have to start from within yourself. So that's why the very first thing that we have to stop doing is that we have to stop blaming others for the sins that we are committing. The second thing that we have to keep in mind when it comes to shaitan is that many people feel that we have no power and shaitan has overpowered us. Shaitan has more power than us and the Quran tells us otherwise. The Quran says, Allah did not say that he puts waswasa into the hearts of the human being. Allah said he puts it in the chest of the human being. This heart that we have, that we keep on talking about this heart, that how this heart needs to be connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This heart is inside the chest. Shaitan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given access to shaitan to the chest and not to the heart. Think about it this way. When we live today in a housing community and you have a gate at that housing community, no one can come inside. It's like as if shaitan wants to get to us, but he's outside that compound. He cannot get inside. But imagine if I give him the code to that gate and I tell him that this is my address and you come here and this, that person comes all the way there what you have done is that you have given access to that person to your house likewise today we open up our heart we show our vulnerability we don't do what we need to do on our end to protect ourselves from shaitan and hence then shaitan does come and he affects our heart so we should never feel that I have no power of my own but rather shaitan has all the access and he can do whatever he wants no Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he tells us in the Quran that he only has a certain level of access to you but if you give him more then he will take more from you another thing that we have to understand when it comes to shaitan is that we should not procrastinate. If we are committing a sin, do not procrastinate in stopping that sin. If we, are, if we want to do good, then do not procrastinate in delaying that good. Uh, some people, they came to a sheikh. That sheikh was about to pass away on his bed. And, he, and he, they asked him, that now that you're passing away, any kind of advice that you can give us? And he says, أَنذَرْتُكُمْ sofa. What does that mean? He says, I warn you against sofa. Sofa in the Arabic language means that I will do something into the future. And not just, you know, if you look at the Arabic language, sofa means something I will do much later. Today a person is committing haram and they say, you know what? Okay, not now, inshallah. We, I want to change myself. I still have a long time before Ramadan. Next year, I will start, I will do it slowly and gradually. And that tomorrow never comes. When we say tomorrow I will stop, that tomorrow never comes. To the point comes that our death comes to us and we're still committing that sin so that's why when it comes to these kind of things when it comes to sins we don't we do not procrastinate in stopping and when it comes to any kind of good we do not procrastinate in doing anything uh, that is good another thing that is also very important when it comes to protecting ourselves from shaitan is that as I just said right now stay away from the sin see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it comes to sins he not say do not commit the sin Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that do not even go close to 
the sin. And there's a hadith of, uh, of the Prophet ﷺ, narrated by Nu'man ibn Bashir an, where the Prophet ﷺ has made it very clear, Al-halalu bayyin wal-haramu bayyin. That halal is clear and the haram is clear. Wa umurun mutashabihat. And between this, there are some other red lines, gray areas that you don't even want to go close to. For, um, then the Prophet ﷺ says, Whoever stays away from the shubahat, whoever has taqwa, فَقَدِسْتَبْرَعَ لِدِينِهِ وَعِرْضِي They will be able to protect their deen. But anyone who crosses that gray area and they come close, they will eventually fall into the wrong area. Likewise, when it comes to sins, Allah did not say, do not commit zina. Allah says, لَا تَقْرَبُ zina. Each one of us, we know our weaknesses. If I know that if I take this step, it's going to lure me and I'm going to eventually fall into the haram, we stay away from that sin to begin with. And and finally, what are the things that we can recite in order to protect ourselves from shaitan? First of all, is that in our homes. Remember that in our homes, where there is no Quran recitation, shayateen and his army and his other jinns, they take over that house. Why do you think there's so many issues inside the house at times? Why do you think that people are always on the edge at home? The, you know, people are so insensitive at home at times, and there's so much bickering and fighting and so forth at home. Play Surah Al-Baqarah inside your house. Sometimes people have smart TVs, you can put on YouTube, play Surah Al-Baqarah. Rasulullah mentioned a hadith in Sahih Muslim that the house in which Surah Al-Baqarah is recited, the shaitan do not approach that house. So that's why play Surah Al-Baqarah. Have Surah Al-Baqarah reciting inside your homes. Also, some of the other things that we can do is recite our Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas after every single Salat. After every single Salat, recite Ayat Al-Kursi. Along with that, whenever we are about to commit a sin, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم أعوذ بربك أعوذ بالله بربك من همزات الشياطين is mentioned to the mu'minun Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala basically is telling us that we can recite these kind of ayat to protect ourselves from shaitan. And this is nonetheless no different than when Yusuf alayhi salam, when he was being lured by the queen of, um, by, the, by the queen. And what did he say at that time? The Quran tells us, Ma'adallah. The word a'udhu and ma'adallah, they come from the same root letters, which means to seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whenever we find ourselves in that kind of situation, we say a'udhu billahi min shaitan rajeem. But once again, remember that shaitan is the type that when you say a'udhu billahi min shaitan rajeem and you say shaitan go away from me and you're thinking about this shaitan goes but then he comes back why do we know this because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he puts waswasa and subhanallah look at the word yuwaswisu you see a repetition of the letter wow the letter seen yuwaswisu there's a repetition of letters likewise shaitan in his attempt to deceive us he always repeats his plans and he always comes back to us so even if we push shaitan away again he will come back so that's why we have to always be on guard when it comes to our common enemy and we have to always recite these kind of things anytime i want to do something that is haram i want to do something that is wrong or we can say ma'adallah or anything that can push shaitan away i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq uh, to protect ourselves from shaitan may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us our current generation and our upcoming generations from falling into the traps of shaitan. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from the, from the fitness of shaitan at the time of our death. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our last words La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah Amir Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma ansur islam wal muslimin. Allahumma ansur islam wal muslimin fi kulli makan. Allahumma ansurna ala man khala 
أنفسنا واحفظ بلادنا وأصلح أولادنا واشف مرضانا وعاف مبتلانا وارحم موتانا وخذ بأيدينا إلى كل خير وعاصمنا من كل شر واحفظنا من كل ضير اللهم قسم لنا من خشيتك ما تحول به به بيننا وبين معصيتك ومن طاعتك ما تبلغنا به جنتك من يقين ما تهون به علينا من صعب الدنيا ومتعنا بأسماعنا وأبصارنا وقواتنا ما أحيتنا واجعله الوارث منا واجعل ثأرنا على من ظلمنا وانصرنا على من عادانا ولا تجعل مصيبتنا في ديننا ولا تجعل الدنيا أكبر همنا ولا مبلغ علمنا ولا إلى النار مصيرنا ولا تسلط علينا من لا يرحمنا اللهم إنا نسلك علما نافعا وعملا متقبلا ورزقا واسعا وشفاء من كل داء اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع ومن قلب لا يخشع ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن دعاء لا يستجاب أمين رب العالمين إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغض يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون أقيم الصلاة Straight lines, fill in the gaps. Brothers in the back two rooms, please make sure that the main hall is full. And I request the brothers in the back two rooms to make sure that the rows are complete. Majority of the times, the rows are incomplete, and there's always gaps and spaces. Brothers in the hallway, please make sure the rows are complete. If you see any gaps, then please fill those gaps. If there's anyone praying inside the multipurpose hall, please make sure the, row, the first row is complete. Sisters, please make sure, uh, make sure there are no gaps in the middle. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah, Hayya ala salati, Hayya ala al-falah, قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين قل أعوذ برب الفلق من شر ما خلق ومن شر غاسق إذا وقب ومن شر النفاثات في العقد ومن شر حاسد إذا حسد الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر 
Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Maliki, Yawmiddin, Iyaka, Na'budu, Wa Iyaka, Nasta'een, Ihdina, Sirat, Al-Mustaqeem, Sirat, Al-Ladhina, An'amta, Alayhim, Ghayri, Al-Maghdubi, Alayhim, Wal-Dhalleen. قل أعوذ برب الناس ملك الناس إله الناس من شر الوسواس الخناس الذي يوسوس في صدور الناس من الجنة والناس الله أكبر سمي الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله